want the Big Ten Championship, and we're going to win it as a team. No man is more important than the team. No coach is more important than the team. The team, the team, the team. When the old season is over, you and I know it's going to be Michigan again. Michigan. Okay, everybody, welcome back to another episode of Run Past Michigan, our RPM podcast here on The Athletic. I am, of course, Nick Bongrenner, along with Austin Meek, Michigan beat writer, uh, also in Ann Arbor here. Quarantine continues, 2020, seven months in, however many months in. Austin, how are we doing? <laughs> how are we doing? <laughs> All right, Nick. Man, it's, it's been a little while since we've taped a podcast. I think yeah. the last time we did a show was back in June. Uh, at that time, mm. there seemed to be some guarded optimism at least that we would have a a somewhat normal football season in the fall but i gotta say the the mood has changed a little bit over the last uh just the last couple weeks and obviously the big the big news was the big 10's decision to eliminate non-conference games uh Mm -hmm. you know nick i don't know i don't know what you took away from that but for me i i thought the striking thing was you know it was not just what they what they said but how they said it yeah, uh, it wasn't just that they made the move to eliminate non-conference games, which is obviously you know it's a monumental day in college football when forty right. some games just get taken off the schedule. Uh, but also, you know, reading between the lines of of how they made that announcement, there was not a lot of reassurance there uh, that that this is all they're going to have to do. There, there certainly was a tone of, you know, we need to do this now and, and this may not be the end of it. Um, there was right. not a lot of confidence there uh, that, that a conference only schedule is going to ensure that, that we have a football season. Yeah. I found it interesting and, you know, responsible, frankly, on the big Ten's part to, you know, make it clear in pretty much every, uh, every scenario they, they put forth there or every single, uh, I guess, medium they were, they were involved in, uh, whether it be on BTN or in a release or and, and what have you, that uh, the question or the word was uh, if it's mm-hmm. if a season can happen, if uh, we can actually go through with this in the fall, if we can figure out a way to navigate, uh, you know, a dicey situation in certain spots, uh, you know, all those things, not when or not, you know, when we're back or when this is back to normal. Um, you know, I found in sports, it, it took everybody, and, and this has been the case, I think, in life in general, but, you know, it's taken people longer and, and, you know, depending on who you are, I guess, it's taken probably everybody different times of, you know, different periods of time to sort of let that sink into, you know, how serious some of this stuff was. And I, you know, I found myself still being kind of struck by some last week who still, it seemed, even needed something in July to sort of, you know, bang, alert them like, oh, wow, okay, well, maybe they won't play a season. And it was just like, it felt a lot like the... um NCAA tournament. Uh, yeah. Remember that, Austin, back mm-hmm. in like, what was that, March? Or um, obviously it was March, but like, yeah. you know, when they were like, uh, we probably won't have fans. And people were like, whoa, what? <laughs> and you're just like, yeah, guys, they're not going to have a tournament. It's not, yeah. you know what I mean? It's like, it's not not going to have fans. They're not going to play. And I don't know if that's quite the situation we're in right now to where we can, you know, you and I can just sit here and say there's no way they're going to play, although it does look dire at times. But, you know, I did think it was important that the Big Ten really established that to folks because I think that a lot of these places, and I know that, you know, we've seen uh, Brian Kelly do a PSA with a mask. Uh, Lincoln Riley in Oklahoma has done a lot of stuff. Um, you know, the Big Ten has a platform just like a college athlete or coach would. And, you know, for them to take that one step further again, and even if it is, if it does sometimes feel like too late, it's like, hey, if you haven't caught on by now, then I don't know what you're doing. But like, you know, that that seemed important to me that it wasn't like, 
you know, when we're back or what have you, it was, you know, if we can make this work, if, you know, this can become something that's under control, if all that can happen during a school year, here are the things we want to accomplish, not, hey, we're just going to continue to sit here uh, with no answers, kick the can down the road to an indefinite amount of, t- you know, to some, we don't know when, and just guess. And like that sort of thing, I, it felt like throughout June, people were just sort of watching what was happening and sort of delaying the inevitable that something was going to have to be addressed here. And finally, you know, it was in fact addressed, which I thought was refreshing on some level, even if it's not going to be the final answer of what we hear here. Right. We're so used to in sports, the idea that the show must go on. Yeah. No matter what. You know, know, sports, you know, in some ways, sports sort of give us this sense of normalcy that, well, if if somebody's out there playing a basketball game right now, things can't be that bad in the world. Yes. Uh, So I think you're right. Thinking back to March, you know, the, the scene of basketball players walking off the court and mm-hmm. games being canceled, I think that that was a pivotal moment for a lot of people to understand that, okay, this is really serious. Yeah. Um, you know, this is something that we all need to pay attention to if it's if it's causing the sports world to stop. And I think we did have another moment like that last week. Uh, maybe there had been some complacency mm-hmm. that set in uh, over the summer with this idea of, okay, things are starting to open up again. Businesses are starting to open College athletes are coming back to campus. We're on a trajectory now to get life back to normal in the fall. And then I think we've all kind of had a a wake up call that we're not, we're not close to that. We're not on that path now. And the tone really has changed from a lot of people in, in college athletics. And I think, I think part of the question is, um, are we hearing real, you know, legitimate fear and concern? Uh, that we're not going to be able to have sports in the fall. I think we are we are yeah. hearing that. Um, mm-hmm. Is that partially calculated maybe to really get people's attention? That's what I'm hoping is that at least part yeah. of you know the the concern and the pessimism that we're hearing uh, is is aimed at people who frankly have not taken this as seriously as, as they should have, people who you know assumed that we were going to have sports and now you know hopefully, the message that everybody's hearing is that um, we're, we're not out of the woods. Uh, we, you know, we all have to do whatever we can do to keep this under control or life is not going to go back to normal, no matter how much we wish it would, uh, no matter how much we've all been looking forward to having sports in, in the fall. Um, we're just, we're not, we're not on that path right now. There's a lot that has to change. Yeah, I think that was that was the, the kind of tangle that needed to be unraveled by a lot of folks too, was what you just said, you know, you know, this wasn't something because early on it felt like at times, you know, not around here because I think Michigan and Michigan State have actually done uh, a very commendable job from the beginning of uh, being transparent, being open uh, and being willing and able to figure out, OK, you know, we're going to do everything we can to try to make this work while knowing that this is a real problem that we're going to have to deal with. Not this is something we're going to have to we're just going to scheme around it, ignore it and act like it's not here and just right. continue forward. For a lot of people, I think that was something they sort of had to unpack and untangle that it was, well, this will just go away. And, you know, the things that that, that seemed to be something things people were worrying about back in like, March, you know, April and May, sort of trivial things that I was just kind of like, that's not, you guys aren't getting it. You're not understanding that this probably isn't just going to vanish or disappear. It is going to have to be something that everyone has to deal with. Uh, you know, in an unprecedented way and whether you like it or not. And I do think that, you know, the Big Ten, 
seems like anyway from from everything that uh, everything that's come out or everything you talk to anybody, it's it's they've been more focused on, you know, um, okay, we're going to try everything we can with, while knowing in the back of our mind or knowing on the back of the mind, in the front of our mind that it might not work and we might have to scrap everything and try it again. And it's it, there's a level of frustration there that I think you just have to accept that it's going to be super frustrating, that you are sort of shooting at a moving target. Um, that's been the thing that, you know, you talk to people at Michigan or Michigan State behind the scenes and this whole time, it's been like, you know, you're wrestling with something that, you know, sort of can just move and vanish and disappear and come back and do all these things that you can't predict. And a lot of it, it seemed to me, was once your headspace was in the right space of, you know, here's what we're actually combating here, uh, you know, things got a little more streamlined. But, you know, even then, even now, you just, you just don't know. And, you know, you're right, maybe it is something where, you know, a lot of it is, you know, I, you know, I think we're seeing that down south to a degree um, now. I, you know, I think I saw yesterday, maybe it was Greg Sankey talking about, you know, there's some really damning numbers here in our region. And unless those change, we're not playing football, folks. Like, and it's like, how many more times do I have to say it? It feels like sometimes. But, you know, hopefully that registers on some level um, and hopefully it's registered, you know, with a lot of fans and, and a lot of people and young people, too, and, and kids and everybody else and um, it's just a really tough spot because nobody really can say one way or the other. And, and I, I, and I know once the big 10, you know, last week made its decision or its announcement anyway about, you know, getting rid of non-conference games. I also saw, you know, some, some anger from, I think it was some Mac schools were like, you know, we were, we weren't maybe fully brought up to speed on some of this. I also saw a counter from someone who was like, well, the Mac's not sharing any details about, COVID testing, you know, what they're doing, what their protocols are. And, you know, some of these Big Ten schools are. Maybe it should be a two-way street. And maybe you shouldn't be complaining that you're not playing a game anymore. So it's like it's been uh, very challenging. And it's been another instance in, um, you know, an example, I suppose, with college football and the NCAA in general, that nobody is manning the store, that you're all left here on your own. And, yeah. you're all, and that's been the hardest thing to watch right. is and you feel for all of these people in all of these regions and all these administrators and coaches uh, and trainers and everyone who's being tasked with, um, you know, having to go through all this stuff with nobody at the very top, top telling them, this is what we need you to do. It's like, well, this is yeah. what we think we need to do. So we're going to try it, you know, and that's tough. Yeah, exactly. I think that's one thing that's become abundantly clear over the last few weeks is just how much everybody in college football is on their own. It's mm -hmm. Every man for himself you know, in, in college football. Every conference is making their own decisions. Every right. school is, to some degree, making their own decisions about how to bring players back and, and what protocols to have. There, there's just no coordinated, uniform uh, policy or, or, or guidance in college football. And I, I mean, that statement from the NCAA last oh. week was just perfectly encapsulated. <laughs> it's like... <laughs> Yeah. Thanks for keeping the lights on, guys. Yeah, like, right. you know, just letting us know that you exist. I That was like the whole purpose of it. But clearly they were just like throwing their hands in the air and saying, uh, yeah, you guys figure it out on your own. And whatever you decide, you know, will right. will support it because they the NCAA is not going to take the lead on this. Um, every every conference is going to have to evaluate things on their own and you know the big the big 10 um was out in front of that you know yeah. some other conferences have uh, have come out and said you know maybe they felt like it was premature of of the big 10 uh to make that decision and yeah as you brought up you know it certainly a lot of ripple effects 
from canceling those non-conference games, especially for the smaller schools who you know who need that revenue. Yeah. There's going to be a lot to discuss in terms of uh, how they sort out those contracts and you know the financial implications of canceling those games. I mean, it's gonna you know it's something that people are going to be sorting out for a long, long time. It's certainly nothing that uh, nothing that you take lightly. If anything, I did. I was encouraged by the fact that the griping about this was too early didn't seem to last that long. It only seemed to last like maybe a day. Whereas, you know, I, I can think back to where we were in March and you're like, that probably would have lasted like three, four weeks, the complaining uh, before we got on to what actually is happening here. <laughs> but in this case, no, it does seem. And, and, and again, like you said, the Big Ten makes that decision, you know, you know, safety being the number one, you know, situation at hand there, but also like the Big Ten makes that decision because that's the only chance they can see for themselves of do it, what's the bottom line, you know, whatever. Is there any way we can have a season? The only way we can conceivably even maybe make that work would be to only deal with ourselves and people that we know that we can put, you know, a set of rules in place for and say, you have, you, you know, you 13, 14 schools, whatever, have to follow these rules. So we know that when, you know, when, you know, team A has to play team B, that everybody on the field and sideline uh, is all working under the same rule structure. They're all doing, you know, working under the same protocols uh, the, with testing and everything else. And there's no, you know, there's no, well, you know, I'm not really comfortable because, you know, that's going to be something that would have come up, right? If it's, if you're playing, if you're a Big Ten school and you're playing, say, an SEC school in a, you know, non-conference game and the protocols are different, and they're not the same. And I don't know that they wouldn't be. But if they're not, then, you know, maybe you're going to have – and yours is more strict than theirs. Maybe you're going to have questions about that. And now in this case, you don't have to do that. And, again, it's a sad sort of state of affairs, but that's college football, man. That's just the situation. And, you know, I, I kind of scratched my head a little bit last week where there were some folks that were – that seemed to continue to try to search for, like, a soul of this, you know, uh, you know, the sport of college football. And it's like the sport is – really broken and it was really really broken before all this and when you put it through a you know a ringer with a pandemic and everything else all of the things are going that that are broken about it are going to show up and that's sort of what we've been experiencing here where it's yeah it's horrible that you know these max schools are going to have to now fight in court for you know the 2 million dollars that they would have gotten from a team or whatever uh that's like 10% of their entire athletic department that sucks but it's also yeah. like when you when you stop and look at it, you're like, why is that a thing at all? Why is that still a thing that we're doing? Why are you know why is an athletic department like Eastern Michigan and God love Eastern Michigan? This is not a slight to Eastern Michigan. Why are they expected to compete in the same right. you know stratosphere as Ohio State? It's just like it doesn't make any sense. There's so much about college football that doesn't make any sense, uh, and I think when you put it through a really bad crisis like this, a lot of those things flare up and. Um, I don't know. I mean, the answer probably is is that you need some sort of uh, commissioner of some sort or a better governing body, obviously, but you don't have that. So the next best, you know, the only logical thing that made any sense to me was exactly what the Big Ten did and exactly what the Pac-12 did. And it seems, yeah, I think the ACC may have already said uh, they're doing the same and the SEC seems like it's going to have to follow. Uh, you know, in the current situation of the way college football is constructed, I didn't see any other way that was going to work. And I still don't know if it'll work, but this is the only way right now as we as we sit that that seems even possible to me i could be wrong but that's just kind of where i land on it right i mean that that gap between the schools that have huge resources like michigan yeah. and the schools that don't I mean, that you know that has been a tension in college football forever right. uh, and they've managed to hold it together 
somehow, but then you have something like this that happens completely out of the blue uh, and just totally exposes exactly what you said, right. that these teams don't belong in the same you know, in the same stratosphere with each other, Alabama and Louisiana Monroe, you know, just no, yeah. they barely play the same sport. And when you look at, so why is, uh, why is the NBA getting started again? Why is mm-hmm. MLB getting started again? Why does the NFL think they can play in the fall? Well, they, they just don't have those issues to deal with. Part of it, um, yeah. They yeah. don't have a hundred teams of hugely disparate resources to to you know sort out and try to get everybody on the same playing field. They they can have a degree of of uniformity. You know, they can keep players in a bubble if they want to. And you know, there's so many things that the professional leagues can do that the college football teams can't do. And so yeah, we, you know, we're seeing at the conference level, conferences trying to you know, take as much control as they can, control yeah. as many of the variables as they can. So if you're only playing conference games, you don't have to worry about, okay, does our FCS opponent have the resources to be able to test adequately before we play? We know right. that we can hold all of our conference schools to a baseline expectation of the protocols that you're going to follow to try to compete as safely as possible. But still, we don't know uh, because by the nature of college sports, there are things that they just can't control. Right. The Big Ten can't control whether college athletes are having parties or, or no. hanging out at bars during the season. <laughs> it's just nothing you can do about that. It's going gonna, it's gonna to happen if it's going to happen. Uh, and the fact that you have so many things like that that you can't control, I think, is what makes college football a, a really unique challenge. Yeah, and, when, and earlier when I when – I, you know, kind of gave the kudos to Michigan and Michigan State, and, and I'll say that again, and I, I stand by it. I think that both of those places uh, have a, have adopted the approach pretty much from the start that I that I've noticed of you know this isn't a race to figure out how to get things quote back to normal unquote. It's a it's a it's a journey to figure out how to make this work, not how to get it back to exactly the way it was in February before none of us even knew this was a thing and we could just ignore it. You know what I mean? Like it's a, it's a quest to figure out a way to make this happen, not a quest to get us all back into our comfortable whatever and make sure that we're back exactly normal as we were last March or whatever. Cause that's not going to happen. I mean, that's just not the reality of the situation. I think the faster that you deal with those sorts of realities, you know, maybe Maybe the, the better it becomes for you, but in this situation, nothing really makes it easier or better because everything changes so much. And so we get, we keep getting asked, you know, do you think they're going to have a season? Do you think they're going to have a season? And my answer is, um, you know, I think they're going to try everything. I think they're going to try everything they can. I think they're going to exhaust all options. Um, and I still don't know. And I, you know, I think it's a very real possibility. And again, somebody asked me, I said this on a podcast with Brendan last week. I got asked, I want to say it was last Saturday or Sunday. It was just a random Saturday, Sunday weekend day. And I looked at Twitter and someone did, you know, it was right. It was the same the week before Big Ten makes its announcement. And it was like, well, I'm starting to get a, you know, this guy was like, I'm starting to get, you know, a sense that maybe we won't be playing college football this fall. And I was like, that was a thing on March 5th or whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm like, and, I, and in some ways I was frustrated because it was like, and it's nothing against this person. It was just, you know, his own personal whatever. But in some ways, I was like, man, this this needs to be people need to have a better understanding of this. But also, in some ways, I was not frustrated. I was like, well, here's a guy who is admitting that, you know, hey, now I'm starting to understand it. I'm starting to get it. And I think that, you know, maybe last week's announcement helped a lot of folks, you know, paint that picture a little more clear for themselves. I hope. 
I hope it I hope it continues to be that way for for the student athletes. And you know, Jim Harbaugh talked last week about how you know dedicated they've been to making sure at Michigan anyway. Um, you know, you got to follow the rules. You got to do what we say uh, because we know how important this is to you, and it's important to us. And we want to make this work. As long as that continues and that education process continues, I think that's the best you can hope for. And then you know, the virus is going to have to cooperate at some point, whether it wants to or not. I don't know if anybody has a direct line in there to uh, <laughs> to a virus, but like that's a big part of it too, and that's sort of what we're dealing with. Yeah, I feel like looking at how different schools have handled it, I feel like Michigan has handled things as well as anybody. You know, yep. Understanding that uh, there's you know there's no precaution that you can take that's going to eliminate the risk. Um, you know, there's there's going to be a, a degree of risk in whatever you do. But you know, Michigan, I think to their credit, has has been good about being pretty open about their testing results. Uh, we've seen mm-hmm. some schools that haven't shared those, and uh, Michigan has has been pretty open about that. We you know we haven't seen big spikes in positive cases since the athletes came back here, uh, which, you know, cross your fingers and knock on wood and hope that continues. But so far, um, so far, they've been able to navigate that pretty well. Uh, you know, so we talked to Jim Harbaugh last week. Uh, first we time we've talked to Jim Harbaugh in, in a long time. So mm-hmm. uh, had a lot to cover with that. Uh, always a lot of interest uh, in what Jim Harbaugh has to say. Uh, something I've uh, I've learned in my year on the beat, if I did not know that uh, yeah. before last week. I certainly have uh, have learned that now. Nick, what what did you take away from hearing Jim Harbaugh last week? Well, before we get into it, because I do want to give you the chance to talk. Austin did step on some Twitter dynamite last week, so I do want to give him <laughs> the opportunity grenade, to address. Uh, fell right on that grenade. Yeah, sort of what happened there, what didn't happen there. Um and all that stuff. So we don't take, we don't want to take forever on it, but I just want to, you know, we'll have, now's as good of a chance as any if you want to talk about it for a second or two. Yeah, sure. Well, uh, so obviously there was a, uh, a very strong response, uh, to a, a portion of, uh, of Jim Arba's comments that I, that I put out there on Twitter. Uh, and I think all of that is totally fair game. If, if you were mad at Jim Harbaugh, if you were mad at me, uh, that's, you know, that's what Twitter's for. Everybody, uh, everybody gets a chance to waste their opinion. Um, you know, I, from my perspective, uh, you know, I put that out there for a couple reasons. Number one, uh, and this is uh, totally you know boring inside baseball, but that was the part of his answer that I was able to get a, a clean transcription of when I was typing it live. Um, you know, I'm, I'm most of yeah. us are not fast enough type typists to get a full transcript in the moment, so you know we tend to just kind of put out bits and pieces here and there and then sort of add in in the context uh as as we go along uh you know but i also thought you know part of the reason i put that out there was i felt like jim harbaugh was expressing something that speaks for you know the mindset of a lot of people in college athletics uh that you know maybe has has gone unspoken a little bit uh you know i felt like a lot of people in college athletics would would agree with what Jim Harbaugh was saying. And in, in fact, you know, I, did, yeah. I, I agreed with a lot of it. I, you know, I thought that he was raising some, you know, some valid points in terms of we do have to be honest about the fact that COVID-19 is something that we're going to have to deal right. with. It's not going anywhere. Right. It is, yeah. It's it not is, going away overnight. Right. Right. Exactly. It is not going to go away. It is part of our society right, right now. And the fact that sports leagues are starting up I think supports the idea that if you really listen to the experts, 
They're not out there just saying right now, sports are a terrible idea. We shouldn't be playing sports. Right. Sports are guaranteed to spread the virus. I, you know, I don't hear that from the experts. Right. Certainly, experts are cautious about the risks of sports. Uh, Jim Harbaugh clearly, you know, appreciates those risks and and understands those risks. So, you know, I didn't I didn't see him saying at any point in there, uh, you know, we shouldn't take this seriously. Uh, no, you know, no yeah. there's no risk involved. I, that that's not how I interpreted what he was saying at all. I interpreted him as saying, you know, the experts tell us that if we do this right, there's a chance that. We can play sports in a safe way. We can play mm-hmm. college football in a safe way. Uh, and it's worth, you know, doing Exploring, everything yeah. we can, uh, exhausting every option to try to do that. Uh, the players want to play. Uh, the coaches want to coach. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I thought that Jim Harbaugh made, you know, a, an affirmative case for why we're doing this. You know, yeah. look, we've heard a ton of, People in college sports talk about how concerned they are. You know, that's kind of been uh, the trend lately is a lot of athletic directors and administrators talking yeah, right. about how concerned they are. And I think that's genuine. I, you know, yeah, I, I don't think they're just blowing smoke about that. But it does kind of raise the question of like, well, if you guys are so concerned about this, if you guys are so worried, then why are we doing it? Like, what, yeah. is, the, what is the rationale for having players on campus right now, if all we're hearing about is how concerned everybody is about whether this is safe. And I thought Jim Harbaugh, you made an affirmative case for why we're doing this. And part of that case is, yeah, there is some inherent risk here, mm-hmm. but we think that if, if players are going to be on campus anyway, if we're going to be having classes, if you know our businesses are going to be open to some degree, you know, there's going to be risk no matter what. There's risk in every single thing we do. And the reason that you try to go ahead and play sports in that environment is because you feel like you can manage those risks effectively uh, to allow players to to take part in the sport they love without mm-hmm. exposing them to disproportionate risks. And I thought yeah. that that was the point he was making. And I thought that, you know, it's a valid point. It's a thing that we should be talking about. We should talk about why why we're doing this in the face of you know obviously some some huge challenges and and some risks yeah and it's it's a great great way to put it uh also one that never works on twitter because he says so many things but like yeah i mean it's like if you've been around jim harbaugh long enough um you know there's there's a few things about him that you know good bad or indifferent always seem to end up kind of bubbling to the top and that is you know he thinks even still like you know, that of like a player and, you know, in his heart of hearts, if Jim Harbaugh's body would cooperate, he'd still be playing football. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, that's just the reality of the situation. So I think a lot of times as we've gone on here throughout this, you know, five years, six years, whatever it's been, uh, you know, we have heard a lot of things from him, you know, from the standpoint of, well, if I was a player and I was, uh, this is what I would have liked to see, you know, from my coach or from my, you know, from the NCAA or from the Big Ten or what have you. Um, and again, I think that, and I'm not going to say he was the only coach to bring up that point because I don't know that that's the case. Maybe others have, and certainly it's possible. But yeah, I mean, it was nice to hear. It was refreshing to hear from someone kind of, you know, just laid out there and say, look, these guys that we've recruited to come to our campus, that we've given scholarships to, have worked their entire life for this opportunity right here. Um, and it is my job uh, to make sure that 
we find a way as much we exhaust all options to find a way to make make it possible for them to continue to pursue the thing they've been working for their entire life. And, um, you know, I want to do that safely. I want to do that responsibly. Uh, if we can't do it, we can't do it. But if there's any way we can, I want to try. And this is why I want to try. And that is why it's, you know, and the, and the this there for Jim Harbaugh was I want to try because these kids deserve it. Not, I want to get going so we can get money running through the state again. I think that was a Mike Gundy quote from back in April or May. Uh Uh, And we we saw some of that stuff come up, I think, early on um, in all this. And, you know, I think, you know, he probably got unfairly painted with some of that, uh, I guess, in the moment. But that's Twitter. Twitter's in the moment. It's tough. But, no, overall, I think a lot of what he he said made sense. Um, A lot of what uh, Michigan's approach has been has made sense. Uh, you know, Michigan and Michigan State, you know, both Bill Beekman and Ward Manuel with, you know, respective doctors from each schools both took time. And I want to say it was May, um, May, June, maybe June, I can't remember, to to talk to folks locally about, you know, what they were going to try to do, what their protocols were going to be. I mean, and they were exhaustive. They were detailed. They were more than I was hearing or seeing or reading from a lot of other places that back in like early May had started talking about, well, when when the hell can we get back here? And it was just like, nobody knows when you can get back here. The, the answer or the thing you should be asking is, how do we get back here? Not when. And so, uh, you know, Michigan, Michigan State, locally, uh, again, I will say it for the third time, uh, commend both places because I think what they've done uh, with like what Jim, you know, kind of echoing Harbaugh's statements there, the top of mind thing has been those players, those student athletes. And you're an athletic director, you work in athletics, college athletics. If you're an administrator or whatever, your job is to support the student athletes that are awarded scholarships to come through your school. That is the head coach, all the way down to the trainer. That is at Michigan Ward Manual, the athletic director, all of his aides and everybody else, their entire focus in their life when they're at work is about figuring out how to make sure those student athletes get everything that they, that they, that you've promised them and do it in the safest way possible. Really in a lot of ways that remains true today. It's just a very more, it's a more complicated situation with the pandemic, but you're right. It was, it was nice to hear sort of that at the top of mind instead of, well, what are we going to, what are we going to do about the coaching carousel or what are we going to do about recruiting or it's bullshit if we can't do it and they can, or if, uh, if our state is fine and their state's fine, why do we have to sit out? I mean, I heard so much of that in the early part of all this that I was just like, I don't care. There was a time, Austin, where I was like, I don't care if you guys don't play for another two years. I don't want to hear from any of you again because it right. was so disjointed. And, you know, hopefully as we move forward here, you know, hopefully now folks all, and it does seem like that's the case, that people are starting to understand, you know, the situation here. And remembering what's the what's maybe the most important thing, which and not maybe it is. It's it's making sure the student athletes that come to your school are both protected and given the opportunity to pursue exactly what you promised them when you gave them a scholarship, which is all Jim Harbaugh talked about really in terms of of COVID and, and the impact of the whole thing was, you know, I want to make sure they're they remain educated, I want to make sure they remain safe uh, at all times. And if we're open, I want to make sure that it happens, but I also want to make sure we're doing everything we can to play a college football season at some point here so these kids can, you know. Uh, do their thing, which is what they're here to do. Right. You know, this is uh, not my first Twitter rodeo. So, you know, I I, yeah. I, I should know uh, that, you know, people make yeah. split second judgments on Twitter and that's how that thing works. And we can debate whether it's good or, or bad, uh, but that, that just is how it works. And so maybe I kind of took this for granted, but if, you know, if you have been reading any of the coverage, you know, any of yeah. anything that either of us have written, you know, anything that has, has been written at the athletic over the last few months, 
you understand that Michigan takes this stuff seriously. Yeah. I mean, you, there's no ambiguity about that. They, you know, they, they have, uh, they have taken, you know, all the precautions that, that can be taken, uh, you know, to try to try to do this safely, which is, is no guarantee that it's going to work and no guarantee that ultimately it's going to be a good idea. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, I, I think that consistently they've they've been pretty cautious about trying to do this the best that they can. And I, I think, you know, to your point, there does need to be somebody out there making the case for why this should happen beyond yeah. the the Mike Gundy thing of well we yeah, need to get some right. money running through the state because <laughs> in the absence of that people are going to make that conclusion i mean you hear that all the time mm-hmm. people saying well the only reason athletes are coming back to campus is because there's so much money wrapped up in this football season yeah. uh and that's the only reason they're doing this and look the money is a huge part of it. I'm not going to sit here and tell you that these right. athletic directors with $200 million budgets are not freaking out at the possibility of not having a football season. That is a massive, massive thing for a lot of reasons that, you know, go beyond whatever, you know, yeah, Jim Harbaugh makes $8 million or whatever. There's a ton of people in an athletic department uh, who who don't make that much money, who, you know, make pretty middle of the road salaries who are going to be affected potentially if there's not a football season. Uh, so it's just, you know, it's just like any other business. These people are in a business. Um, you know, they, they have to think about the financial side of it, but they're in a very unique business yes. in the sense yes. that the people who really drive the revenue are the athletes who are not their employees who are not paid. Um, and I, I, think that genuinely most people that I have encountered in college athletics uh, are not just, you know, only concerned about the money, uh, yeah. don't care about the athletes. I think that that's a, a caricature that is not accurate. Um, but it's it's a perception that is out there. And if people in college sports are not out there making the case for why they think it's safe to play, why they're going ahead with this, I think people are going to, you know, make their own assumptions. And I think that that has been a little bit of a void of people, you know, in prominent positions in college sports, making the case uh, for, for why they're doing this and why it matters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think this is a great reminder of that because it's, it, it puts it back into forefront for you. Uh, you know, whether and it, it allows folks, you know, we, we, you know, again, like it was one of those things I just listened to some folks in, in Washington talk about, you know, NIL, and there were still people debating that maybe it's a bad thing. And you're just like, okay, like, what are we talking about? You know, and, and so the number of times that I feel like I have those, what are we talking about here moments uh, in, with college football, especially, have gotten really off the rails. But I will say, I mean, again, I, I'm hopeful that, that folks have, um, you know, maybe taken a le- or, you know, taken notice of, of everything that's going on. I think, you know, you, you saw somebody like Gene Smith at Ohio State who, in what was it May or somewhere in there was talking about how he thinks it's possible they could get you know however many pe- thousand of people in in the Ohio Stadium, and then you know a couple weeks later everything changes and he's you know he's like okay now I'm concerned yeah great that's you should be concerned you should have been concerned six weeks ago but like at least you are now and everything is you know back where it needs to be and I understand that because I understand his job is incredibly complex. And a big part of that job is making sure that stadium is full so all those other student athletes from sports that, you know, maybe you don't pay attention to, you know, continue to have those opportunities. And that's a huge part of it, as we saw with Stanford cutting, you know, sports, everything else. But, um, 
Yeah, it's just been uh, it's been a wild situation, of course, to watch. And, and college football and college sports in general are different than a pro sport. You know, we watch the you know I, I'm still covering, of course, the NFL. Um, and you know, a lot of the stuff there has been you know because it's the NFL. It's a league owned by a bunch of owners who are telling their players that they pay on contract. You know, uh, basically, we're going back to work at some point, and it's going to be your job to be at work when we go back to work. You can't do that with a college sophomore quarterback no. or whatever. You can't like that. That that person has a family. Uh, he is not being paid. Uh, and I not we're not going to get into the whole thing. Well, what about his scholarship? You know, OK, that's he's not being paid on a contract. He's not being, you know, given all the, the rights and privileges that a that an NFL player has in terms of financial, you know, what have you uh, from the Big Ten or from Michigan. It's just not happening. So you can't. And he's you know, he's a kid for the most part. So like it's a different situation where there are more layers involved. It's again, I mean, Jim Harbaugh uh, has had, you know, uh, my understanding, he's had several um calls with zoom calls whatever whatever it is with parents i'm sure other coaches have as well but that's happened throughout this whole process because ultimately not only are you trying to you know think of whatever's best for this kid but you're doing it in concert with the parents or uh you know family members or guardians or whomever the the person has in their life and that is a that is not just a factor here it is like the biggest thing it's like the thing it's not just like a thing on the well we got to make sure the parents are comfortable no that would be toward the top that would be the, the player has to be comfortable, and then 1B would be the parents have to be comfortable, and then we'll worry about everything else. And that's something that, you know, pro sports, frankly, just doesn't have to deal with because it's a different world. So if we're comparing apples to apples there, it's not a thing. So, I mean, college sports, it's just going to be more complicated. And, um, you know, whereas you might even see the NBA go off or MLB, we see coming back now. Uh, golf is happening again. Football has some things to iron out in the NFL, but, I mean, they're still going to give it a shot. So you might see all those leagues give it a whirl and you might not see college athletics give it a whirl. And there's going to be really good reasons why they don't and valid reasons, you know, why they don't. And um, that's just the situation that we're in. So before we wrap up here, uh, the Big Ten right now is working on its conference only schedule yeah. uh, it, in hopes that we'll be able to have football in the fall. What do we expect that to look like? There's been discussion about potentially adding a 10th game, which would mean yeah. one more crossover game for Michigan with, with the West Division. I've heard some some scuttlebutt about maybe you front load the schedule, uh, yeah. put your division games first, which would be weird to play Ohio right. State uh, at the beginning of the season or the middle of the season. Uh, that, that, would, that would be odd. Uh, <laughs> what do we expect this, this conference-only schedule to look like uh, if and when that's released? Yeah, I would think that <clears throat> there would be some of the uh, divisional games would take, you know, a more immediate priority, uh, you know, in terms of if you're going to play a season and you're going to try it, whether it be 10 games, 9 games, 8 games, whatever, you're, you're still going to want to determine a champion at the end of the year. Uh, if you're going to try to preserve your conference championship game, which, you know, I mean, we know the Big Ten, right? They're not, not going to think about that Big Ten <laughs> conference championship game. And I mean, at this point, right, with the money involved by playing it, you know, if it were safe to play it, you, you're, you should want to play it because there's going to be money, you know, tied to that. So that would be part of it, I think, uh, to make sure that you have the ability to properly crown a champion. Um, you know, maybe it's a round robin or something like that. Um, you know, and yeah, maybe this is a year where you can't uh, hold true exactly to, you know, well, we play this game on this date at this time. Well, you know, maybe that might have to tweak. You know, you know are you going to be ending the season uh, before Thanksgiving, along the times when a lot of these schools are, are trying to get out of there and end the semester before Thanksgiving, you know, there's a lot of things and factors there that may, you know, may present a schedule that ends up being a little weird. But 
you know, <clears throat> I saw that Ari and Bill Landis, or Ari Wasserman and Bill Landis, the Ohio State guys, uh, beat writers, wrote or had a podcast where Ari suggested they play Michigan-Ohio State number, first game of the season. And it was like, well, I mean, that way you ensure that it gets in, right? Yeah. <laughs> if nothing mm-hmm. else, that way you ensure that uh, your TV number is there, that, you know, that you're, you're at least telling your TV, because that would be a huge TV number, whatever you put, you know, whatever... Stuff like that. I, I wonder if that's a factor. Honestly, I don't know. I mean, you know, that's just already spitballing, and you know, maybe that's. And I think people probably chuckled at first, but I mean, you really think about that. And you're like, well, I don't know. I mean, you know, no one really knows anything about how long something would be able to go. So you'd want to get the ones that you have to get in in uh, as fast as you can, probably, and then sort out the rest from there. So I could definitely see something like that happening, where they, um, where you're looking at, you know, divisional games taking priority and making sure that those are, you know, up high. Uh, whether you're ready or not, right? Because I think that was the thing I saw a lot of people. No, I don't want that game number one because you know we, we might not be ready. Well, you might not have a choice in this situation. So, yeah. tell you what, making thing, it you know, game number twelve yeah. has not, not worked out so well yeah. lately. So, who knows? Well, I saw. Maybe. I dropped my microphone there. I saw it from the Ohio State side. Was was uh, I don't want it number one because I would I'd rather be ready. So that uh, makes yeah, yeah that would make more sense. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. All right, folks. Well, uh, we will have much more to discuss as this all develops. It feels like uh, feels like things are changing by the day. So I'm sure uh, on, on the next podcast, we'll have some, some uh, new developments to discuss. Uh, but yeah, thank you for sticking with us uh, through the summer. Uh, Nick and I will certainly continue to cover the situation as it develops at The Athletic. Uh, and we will be back uh, to talk to you soon here on the RPM Podcast. A place for you inside.